Sweet child of mine, they have a funeral in the stall at the airport. This is spoilers. Welcome to Spoilers. I'm Pappy, and I won trivia on the 12 Angry Men episode, so by rights, I get to host today and pick the movie. Uh, this was actually requested by a longtime spoiler cateer, Tanya from Minnesota, and it's our 16th movie. We've spoiled from the year 2016, Captain Fantastic. Wow. Spoiling this with me today, a man who likes to live off the grid when he isn't developing podcastspoilers.com. It's Vince the Intern. Heyo, hey, this is Vince uh, out here with Pap. Not together, but we're both here in Denver, Colorado. I can kind of see his apartment area almost. I'm, I'm binocular and Adam, so that's not true at all. But anyways. <laughs> rear window style. Little, little rear, rear window action there. Yeah, I'm rear windowing Pappy right now. Uh, no, but I guess what I was trying to allude to is I can see the Capitol building from my apartment. And he can see the Capitol building from the other side of downtown. Uh, but that got really weird and I'm stuck in my own head. And you guys have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyways, Vince the intern, uh, Stevie, please uh, save <laughs> me right now. <laughs> please. Stevie recording from Elkhart. Not staring at anybody. Um, mm, good, good. And uh, that's about it. Just pump talk about this movie. Last but not least, a man who has to be constantly reminded clothes on when we eat. It's Josh. What's going on, Josh? <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, hey, this is Josh. I'm recording from Goshen. I have all my clothes on. I'm not looking at anybody. And I was really happy to see that Aragorn survived through Middle Earth and into the modern age to raise a family. Yep, that's the story. And <laughs> this was spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so, Captain Fantastic. Uh, the way we're going to go about this today is just step through Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, uh, get some final thoughts, yes or no's, and play a little trivia game to decide who will be the host next time. So, Act 1, I'm calling Cabin in the Woods. Uh, we meet the Cash family. Viggo Mortensen plays Ben Cash. He has six kids. Uh, this first act really focuses on them and their natural habitat. They're completely off the grid, living away from society. Uh, they do all the normal family stuff like combat training, uh, reading <laughs> Marx's books, rock climbing, campfire songs. Uh, they've built a completely self-sufficient lifestyle in the woods of Washington, uh, but then we have the inciting incident where we find out the mom in the family, who we don't actually meet uh, in this movie, has committed suicide in New Mexico. Not really true. Uh, well, we meet a ghost. We meet a force ghost of her, I guess. Yeah. You count that. But uh, she committed suicide in New Mexico, so the family's got to drive down. Uh, after some initial sort of pushback from Vigo, they decide to take a step into the wild. So. I think Act One kind of ends when Viggo Mortensen blares some bagpipe music in the bus called Steve, and they uh, <laughs> they head south. So, what, what did you guys think? I guess of this initial act, like first impressions of the characters. I thought it set it up for a really good finishing act. Uh, the The opening shots were pretty beautiful. Uh, Pacific Northwest is a really nice area, um, and there's just a lot of like beautiful rainforesty kind of shots up there. Um, and just kind of showing their lifestyle. It's setting it up for, they're kind of, as you said, into the wild. I think that's the movie we're spoiling right now. Um, but as they're into the wild, uh, it kind of sets up that plot. And I called it out in the thread and pissed Pappy off because he hadn't seen the movie yet. But I was just making generalities that, you know, when they show, usually if it sets it up like this, it's going to be that, you know, outcast family or whatever in the um, woods. And then they, some kind of, thing happens and they have to assimilate a little bit to like modern society and then society learns something from them they learn something from society kind of thing and that's kind of what i felt like what that setup was and i thought they did a really good job of that um did you guys notice the beautiful shots i thought i thought that was probably the best cinematography was that opening fourth of the film or so the first scene of the movie pappy kind of skipped over it when he talked about rock climbing and all the other dangerous things they do is the oldest son stabbing a deer in the throat with its bare hands. Mm. 
and then eats of, the heart. And they're all like covered in mud. In mud, yeah, they're all mud, and like a, he does like this weird Arnold and ser- Predator. It's really strange. <laughs> and he does this weird like ceremony where he makes them eat like the heart or the liver or something, and says, "You're a man now." The boy is yeah. dead. The man is born, or something like that. <laughs> yes, that was the opening. Yeah, like scene. So really, does that really make sense? That that was at the beginning of the movie that the boy had become a man because he's not really throughout until the end maybe it was just maybe it was just a way to show how weird the family was that's my take yeah it was just kind of like a jarring character introduction because that's all even pre title screen before you see the words captain fantastic pop up so like when you're going through the jungle or the jungle the woods it's kind of (laughs) it's kind of like apocalypto uh and you're sort of getting the characters introduced one by one and and it really does bring attention to now, can someone help me with this name? All the characters have such fucked up names. <laughs> Bo Even? Pot Even? Bo. He goes by Bo. We'll call him Bo. Yeah. But I mean, Bodevin. Bodevin. Yeah. Yeah. Eat your Bodevins every day, kids. But it really does bring me attention. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's reaching. It's reaching. <laughs> to Ben and Bodevin as the main characters. Because I think the other kids are kind of like generic. You know, they kind of blend together for me. Uh, sure. Other than the kid who's the rebel. What did you guys think about the kids, I guess? I think there was too many kids in this movie. I kind of wish it just would have been like Bo and like maybe one of the younger sisters or Bo and the youngest boy. I didn't really see like a need for all of them. They just kind of, I guess, were kind of just placed in there one by one throughout the movie. But uh, as far as kids go and their very strange names, I thought Bo stood out out of all of them. I would agree with that. I think he did. Probably the best acting job, and I think that's kind of what his role was written in as well. Um, I do like your analysis of maybe there's just too many kids. There are six of them. Uh, the I don't think it's the youngest, but second the youngest boy. Uh, maybe he's the third youngest. He might be the middle child, and there's a younger girl, younger boy. But he's kind of like the rebellious one. Uh, we'll get that to maybe in the later acts. But I think he plays an important role, and it doesn't necessarily have to be him, the boy. It could be you know whoever. Um, I think just having a girl presence played a role in this film because of a single father raising a bunch of different kids kind of thing um, at different ages. It has that like point that uh, what sex was like a point of it. Like that was kind of a thing. And I think that was kind of a gender thing in a sense. Uh, so that played a role into it. And then um, I think as Stevie mentioned as well, Bo uh, just playing as kind of like the, uh, next man in command. That sounds really weird. Uh, like after leader. the father, yeah, like the next leader, the leader of the kids, I suppose. And um, I think he did a really good job of that. But I think Stevie's point is there's a lot of kids. I thought they all played their parts pretty well as far as acting goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, George McKay was excellent, like you guys said. But he, the one pet peeve about him, he's, he kept making this face. Like he, he had this face. He would like always go back to where he like looks really sullen and his like eyes like are dumb big. face <laughs> dumb face that's what i was thinking about. yeah kind of yeah yeah he, he has a real good dumb face and maybe <laughs> used it a little too much moon no. faced you could say easy yeah dumb face yeah. might not be the best uh descriptive language there but i, I think i know what you're talking about is he kind of went back to that like puzzled look almost or something like a i don't know I agree with Stevie that they did have too many kids, but I think they did a good job for the kids we're supposed to care about setting up their character. Like we see that Bo is awkward around girls, which is then called back to later in the movie. So that's like established, like as he's walking out of the story, he's like super weird. Uh, And then you also have the scene when they're doing the, the campfire song where the youngest kid starts maybe a little bit on the nose playing to his own beat on the drum totally like bucking the family so pretty early on like these characters like uh are developed so we know sort of where they're going in the movie but i think it kind of wraps up the first oh i had one more question on the first act vince you like to climb rocks how accurate was the rock climbing scene like what did you think about that (laughs) (laughs) good question um i don't know it looked i guess semi uh, realistic. I, I think a lot of the like action shots that they're setting up that this is a wild family took some things for granted, uh, especially like seven people rough, rustling through the woods to like slit a deer's throat. I, deer are dumb, but not that dumb, probably. I don't know. They were covered in uh, mud. <laughs> they, they had, yeah, mud all over them. So 
a deer could not hear them. So, uh, no, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it, it looked uh, decently realistic, I suppose, the climbing. Um, Do I mean, you STOP thing, when you get in trouble on the rock? What was it? <laughs> I forget that acronym I mean, stood for. I don't know. That <laughs> I, I, uh, I haven't heard that, but that's good, I guess. It probably is a good, good, I forget what they stand for, but it was like a good thing. Like what he said made sense. But um, I think it was a huge rock face and it was definitely several pitches. And I guess the realistic part would be, I don't know if the youngest kids could climb that. I mean, that is, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Some of the best climbers I've seen out here are younger kids, but I don't know about like the seven-year-old being able to climb that face. Um, But maybe, but uh yeah, I don't know. These kids are like so insanely exceptional on every facet. They're miniature Rambos. It's almost kind of off-putting. Like the one kid gets into like literally every best college you've ever heard of, like MIT, Yale, Princeton. That's Bo. Yeah. yeah, all seven or eight or whatever Ivy leagues, I think. Yeah, and, well, and Ivy it, league schools. They have like extra stamina and stuff. It's kind of like almost too over the top how much they've flourished in the homeschool environment. But yeah, I guess that kind of brings us to Act 2 road trip. So they're driving from Washington to New Mexico, and this is really like the heart of the movie, uh, them interacting with everyday society. So we have a scene where they steal groceries, celebrate Norm Chomsky. (laughs) 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 An awkward sexual encounter in an RV park. uh, And then... Norm Chomsky. (laughs) Norm Chomsky. (laughs) No! Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No! no. <laughs> and Vigo hangs dong. Oh, yeah. Oh, Vigo does hang dong, and he's and he makes like a very like it's a penis. All men have him or something like a very cocky, pun intended remark. There you after. go. When you when you when you look at the <laughs> metadata on IMDb, like the first one's like wilderness like tag. And the second one's full male frontal nudity. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know how people are fucking looking for. Fab, I think that's just a bookmark you have. I didn't see that in my. <laughs> it could have been a Google suggestion based on my past browsing history. <laughs> Who knows? But this, uh, this act also had one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie uh, when the family goes to visit the aunt's house, which I guess is Viggo Mortensen's sister. Stevie, you want to break down what happened in that scene? Can you describe it for us? Talking about the dinner scene? Yeah, the dinner scene, like, that whole part. It's hard for me to watch because I hate hearing knives and forks hit plates. So, <laughs> But uh, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. It just drives like me nails nuts. Nails on a chalkboard. It really is. It's just like, stop. But um, it's kind of awkward because Catherine Hahn and Steve Zahn, um, Catherine Hahn plays his sister-in-law and Steve Zahn plays his brother-in-law. Um, they have, what, two kids? Is it two boys? Yeah, two boys. Yep, two boys. Yeah, two... Two brats. Teenagers, they are brats and apparently just idiots. But you just kind of see how different they are compared to um, Viggo Mortensen's family because Catherine Hahn's like, you know, everything's free range, everything's organic, not to worry about any, like, additives or anything like that. And the youngest daughter's like, would you kill it with a knife, kill the chicken with a knife or an axe? And Catherine Hahn (laughs) just seems really taken back by it. And then just kind of progresses to where... Viggo Mortensen tries to give uh, one of his daughters wine, and Catherine Hahn and Steve Zahn are like, no, 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 no. And he's like, well, okay, it's not crack. And then one of the children asks what crack is, and it just gets more awkward because <laughs> Viggo Mortensen explains how what crack is, where it came from, and how it decimated inner-city neighborhoods in the 80s. And then, if I remember correctly, it jumps to what Viggo Mortensen brought up, how Steve Zahn called his late wife an effing B. yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. What's an effing what's an effing B? Fucking oh, There you go. Oh. I've been trying to cut back on my cursing on the podcast, <laughs> trying to make this thing a little fam- more family friendly. But there Vigo we go. Word. And then um Vigo Mortensen's dong, not family friendly. Not family friendly <laughs> no. at all. But then well, it, it depends if you're trying to make a family. One uh Catherine's Han sons ask how like their aunt died. And Steve Zahn really tries to play it under the rug, like, well, she was in the hospital and she died. And Viggo Mortensen's like, no, 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 she had bipolar, mm. bipolar disorder, probably from after Bo was, uh, Bo was born. And he's like, yep, uh, sometimes people go crazy and they, uh, they die. 
And it gets <laughs> Viggo Mortensen's like so just straight up front. He just has no nothing in his brain told him not to say this. And he's like, no, no, no. She slit her wrist. She committed suicide. And <laughs> that's when Catherine Hahn just storms off and Steve Zahn kind of looks at him like, thanks, man. You're the best. Yeah. But I think that makes uh, Vigo's performance or his character. Like that, that was his best part, I think. It kind of makes him an anti-hero in my mind. Yeah. It just shows that he's not the best person because even in the next morning, he like tries to show up Catherine Hahn's yeah. uh, boys because she's like, they can't, you know, they can't, your children can't just live out in the mm. woods. You know, they need structure. They need to go to schools. They need to learn stuff. They need to interact with normal people. And he has his daughter come down and pretty much recite the Bill of Rights and her children. Well, not just recite it, like analyze it. Yeah, too. analyze it. And her children can't even like can't even get what the Bill of Rights is. And it kind of just shows <laughs> Viggo Mortensen more in the his character more on the pretentious side. That's where he definitely lost me. And I think that like one of the things that Viggo Mortensen does so well is that I feel differently about his character at different points in this movie. And 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 it mm. even points him surprised. Like I can't believe I was like on his side at one point, and then he wins you back at the end. But when he was sort of like talking down those kids and pretty much just embarrassed them with his daughter, that's like the first sign that he's like maybe not the best dude, or like maybe just going through a lot, and it's really start to getting to him. Um, Josh, did Vigo lose you at that point, or, or what were you thinking during that? Yeah, time? I was thinking the same thing. Like that's kind of when you realize he's a very flawed character instead of. He's not just a guy that's found paradise out in the wilderness. He's also kind of got this chip on his shoulder and feels a need to like proselytize his way of living to everyone he comes across in a really uh, brutally frank manner. And it seemed unnecessary, especially since he's visiting his dead wife's sister and times are going to be tense anyway. So I, yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, this is kind of the moment where his arc goes downhill all the way to the point where he's having his children steal and to the point where, like, the grandpa, who's kind of the dick throughout the movie, you're kind of on his side at one point, right? I was on his side at the end. I would think so. I mean, it, the, the way Vigo raised those kids um, was kind of cool, but... I, he definitely isn't setting him up to live in society. He's definitely, I mean, he's setting him up to live in the woods for the rest of their lives. Uh, they are learning like great points and survival skills and whatnot, which are good in their own regards. But if he's ever going to try to like assimilate those kids into modern society, uh, they're going to have a really tough time. And I think that was a major point. Um, and I think going back to that point of the Bill of Rights thing, yeah, that was a weird point because I thought that was kind of cool. It was kind of like in their face of like, look, you're sending your kids to public school or whatever and they, they're in high school and don't even know what the Bill of Rights are. Let me call down my youngest daughter and she can give like a thoughtful analysis of it, not just reciting it. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool, but I think going to your guys' point, it was really a dick move to do it in front of the two other kids because that's like – that's a really mean thing to do to two it's their kids. Ne- it's his there. nephews. Yeah, it's nasty. It's his yeah, family. So, yeah, it is exactly. So it's it's a uh, tough line that he was tiptoeing there. Those they two kids dicks. maybe deserved <laughs> a little bit of a leveling. I thought for sure. So yeah, I don't know, but th- they deserve a leveling, but maybe not from the crazy uncle. Correct. But maybe agree maybe, with that. I don't know. I, yeah. yeah, you're right. It's not his place, really. Yeah, I mean, he can suggest, but you start to see some of like the cracks uh, in the kids' armor too, because we have a couple more little stops before we get to uh, the final funeral. One of which is like a really weird RV uh, park (laughs) scene that's really sexually charged um, that ends with Bo proposing to this girl that he just made out with. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of that scene. I didn't really see; it didn't really add to the character of Bo for me, and and it. Had, it just added to this movie's fucking long runtime. Uh, did anybody enjoy that scene? <laughs> Anything over mean? an hour and twenty minutes, Pappy. <laughs> it's just weird. Well, going to Pappy's point of the proposing, it was just awkward. Yeah, and then that 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 chick's character was gone. The next, like that was her last scene. So there was really no point of it other than to make Bo look like a jerk. Which and he doesn't look a like jerk, a, just like a yeah. silly, like a like just a silly dude, I suppose. And completely like childish and yeah and like ignorant 
later when he says he doesn't know shit about the world and he's kind of in in Aragorn's face about it, I think that was that was a scene that I recalled that I thought exemplified that most clearly because he probably thought back on that and felt like an idiot for a long time. Yeah, it's one of those like cringeworthy. We all have that moments. callback memory shame where we think about something, and go, "Why? Why did I? Why did do I do that?" Yeah, every Sunday night. Well, Why like, did I do getting that? Getting ready for Stevie. Monday Stevie, work. what's your what's your callback moment? Ooh, that's a good question. Ooh, <laughs> man. I'll we also have you. a nice little appearance by Missy Pyle in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Stevie, while you're thinking about that, I, I just <laughs> yeah. want to insert this. Did this remind you of uh, Little Miss Sunshine at all, as far as like some of the shots with the school bus going through the terrain? Yeah, kind of. I think a lot of indie movies are going for that look now, especially because Little Miss Sunshine was so successful. Kind of just the off-the-beaten-path road trip movie, I feel, is I feel like that's kind of what this movie was. Wait, aren't um, you supposed to be thinking of an embarrassing sexual memory right now? Sexual? Oh, sexual memory. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Wow. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I thought know. we that's were just term. talking like sweaty hands in junior high memory. Um, that's fine, too. <laughs> you did have a good point, though, in that same the poster time. reminded me exactly of Little Miss Sunshine. Like, same, it looked same, exactly same. like it. And that's what I thought I was getting into. It's the same thing. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another scene that we have, too, and, and I touched on this a little bit earlier. Norm Chomsky, my good old friend. Uh, what was Norm. up with that? Was that not one of the most ridiculous? <laughs> Norm Chomsky. Oh my god! Was that not like I thought that was so over the top when they're like singing that weird song, "All Hail Norm"? Like that was almost too much for me. Well, for you, I think that played to the points that the father was raising him how the father wanted to. Like, hippie comedy. I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe. It just went back to, I guess, his schoolings or his his his, his style of uh, homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Like he's gonna make them worship the dude that he loves, but when in reality, I think he's trying to portray himself as like the dad that lets them be open minded and and go whatever route they want. But this maybe played to a character flaw of I like all six of my kids are gonna worship some arbitrary man. I like what you're saying there because I thought a key scene. You know, he's always like. We can discourse about this, and we're open mind to changing if you have good points. And there's that yeah. one scene where the re- rebellious son, he has a chance to like enter this discourse, and he kind of looks around at everyone and realizes, you know, it's going to be six against one, and he just mm-hmm. walks away. So it's kind of telling that, like, yeah, he's open for change, but he's also very set in his ways and seems to have like some stock answers for questions. Definitely. Yeah, for, for how open he tries to make himself sound is like free-spirited and open to any kind of idea or whatever. He's definitely boxed himself into his ways, and that's prevalent in a lot of different scenes. Yeah, and at some points in the movie, I thought like maybe his whole shtick is that he just doesn't want to get a real job. Can't do that nine to four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, I think they they missed some wrapping ups, but we'll get to that. Yeah, definitely. And the scene kind of, or this act rather, uh, kind of ended with them coming into the funeral late, which I thought that was, like, again, why? It's their mom's funeral. Like, why? And they're the only people who are late. So they're not only dressed like over the top, they have a big scene Hippie. where they like yeah. burst in, which I thought was just a little, yeah. a little ridiculous. Well, it goes back to the grandfather, like, being the stern voice of reason. He kept telling him, like, don't come to the funeral blah 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 and then they make a huge point of showing up late kicking open the doors and then disrupting the entire funeral like it's understandable if you don't believe the you know whatever religion is 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 you know putting on this ceremony but sit there and like respect it and then maybe have like a adult conversation afterwards or or something but like they just like kick through the doors like we're here (laughs) they literally kick down the doors boom (laughs) they Kind of do. <laughs> My wife was a Buddhist and she should be this way when they're like having like a, a Catholic or Christian ceremony. It was just really obnoxious. It just kind of seemed yeah. to me like he did not. It just made Vigo's character really childish at that point, I thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. He seems like this really smart, intelligent, open discourse type of guy, but he just comes across as a total child and like a poor sport at the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then the act really ends. Um, with Vigo pretty much saying, I'm going to 
disrupt his fucking funeral or something and jump in on the bus. Um, and they're all just screaming at each other. And it's definitely one of the most tense parts of the movie, but we'll pick that back up here in a second. One last question I had, and I think, uh, Josh and Vince both touched on this a little bit, but the way V or Stevie too, uh, the way that Vigo talks to his children is just really direct and he doesn't lie about anything and he doesn't sugarcoat anything. And, and I had a question for you, Josh, you're the only parent here. What did, what did you think about the way that he spoke to his kids from a, the lens of an actual papa? Can you insert the quote in post where he's his daughter asks him what rape is? What does rape mean? When a person, usually a man, forces another person, usually a woman, to have sexual intercourse. Who? Who's hungry? Me. 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 What's? Sexual intercourse? When a man sticks his penis in a woman's vagina. Everyone keep their eyes peeled for deer. Why would a man stick his penis in a woman's vagina? Because it can give them both pleasure. And because the combination of a man's sperm and a woman's egg can create a baby and continue the human race. But that's where she pees. Pee comes not from the vagina, but from the urethra, which is within the outer labia. But generally speaking, yes, that is where she pees. I just heard it just now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that quote where his daughter is asking him what rape is, and then that leads to what sexual intercourse, and then Mm. why, and then like... And he says for pleasure, too. He's not even saying like, you know, it's uh procreation. It feels Mm -hmm. good. And and I think there's a sense of us where it's like Western society, like we don't think kids can handle information like that weighty, but you can tell, like, I think this job did a good job or this movie did a good job of showing that like kids can handle more than we think. But at the same time, like, hell no, like I'm not, (laughs) if my, if my daughter overhears the word rape, I'm going to tell her that I said grape. So... (laughs) There's a great Whitest Kids You Know sketch about the grapist. <laughs> well, I'll let you Google that and watch that on your own time. Uh, so we get into Act 3, The Fall. So, like, this is, for for me, this is where the movie kind of started to lose its way a little bit. I thought it was the least impressive of the three parts. But there's some dissent in the ranks, um, and the rebellious son goes to live with his grandparents. Um, it's never really clear to me how he got there, but whatever. Um <laughs> So then Vigo probably makes the most questionable decision of the whole movie and sends his daughter to go bust them out, and she falls off the roof. Worst uh, part of the movie. Yeah, that was yeah. really jarring. That was intense. Wait, why was it the worst part? <sighs> it, uh, like an obvious way to, I don't know, make him look like the, the jerk that they're trying like to Like they finally have a real, like, realization that maybe what he's doing is wrong. And I felt yeah. like it was like trying to be comedic in a very serious moment. I didn't. I, I guess I just didn't care for the way that scene went down. It was. I mean, it was really shocking when she fell. Like, and I. I didn't see it coming. I guess I didn't see yeah. it coming at all. Yeah, it really caught me off guard. But so then, like this movie just kind of like lacklusters its way towards the finish line. We have like twenty minutes left where the kids go in to move with the grandpa. So we have like ten minutes loaded. Of up. By the way, loaded. Yeah. <laughs> Like in a state that has like there old money up. loaded down there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, so I guess I have a beef with the falling part too. In that oh, okay. what it in that what it leads to. Because she falls and it's like this huge awakening moment for him where he's gotta stop doing dangerous stuff with his kids and it's like mm-hmm. you're like, Yeah, duh. But then the very next scene and I know they had to get to the end funeral scene, but the like very next scene when his kids show up surprisingly to him. He agrees instantly Whoa, to go dig up. you're brushing over a lot there, though. <laughs> he, you're he, brushing over a lot. <sighs> go ahead. You finish your point, and I'll bring I'm just going to say, to go from his daughter falling off a roof and almost dying to very quickly leading an escapade into a graveyard to dig up a grave, just highly illegal. It's not a felony or anything. I I just <laughs> I had a hard time buying that, and I was just saying like no no no, and I was ho- honestly kind of hoping in the movie like they would get caught again because I think I think Vince said in the thread that like no repercussions for kidnapping in this world. Yes, that is the part you're brushing over was that 
between those scenes, her falling off the the roof and then the kids like jumping out of the van, which they must have been hiding in the floorboard, just something <laughs> crazy. Like I don't know how else heart you would style. not notice them. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, but uh, before that, there was this huge scene where like take her to the hospital. She's like like hit her head really bad. If it would have been in a certain other spot, she would have been dead for sure. Uh, could have like broke her neck or something. Whatever, whatever. And then there's this huge moment where um, Vigo is talking to Rich Grandpa and he's basically like giving his kids like, yeah, they'll stay here. You know, I, I kind of realized my ways have been wrong, blah, blah, blah. Like that huge moment happens. And so he leaves and he goes and like goes to a convenience store and what it looks like steals their like razor equipment to cut like his beard off in the bathroom. And then he goes out to like the outskirts of town and he's making a fire and this is where his kids come out. But from that point where the kids come out and then they go on this huge escapade to like rescue the uh, mother, set her free, funeral, blah, blah, blah. And then the rest of the film, there never comes back to him stealing his kids from the grandpa. Like that grandpa, previous in the movie, has called the cops, has threatened to call the cops. Has lawyers. Three times. Has lawyers. He's obviously a millionaire. Yeah, he's going to have PIs out there looking for these kids. Yeah, those kids will be found immediately and... Vigo Amber alert in court. Amber alert all <laughs> over the county. Yeah, I don't know. I I was okay. really really upset at that point where there was no there was there was no you could there was no repercussion for kidnapping his own kids, which was I don't know. That's weird. I do want to come back to that, but to address that or come back to this, but to skip ahead a little bit, maybe something happened off-screen because at the very very end we see that he's like changed his lifestyle. And sort of compromised on living a more conventional life. So maybe they like talked about it eventually or called or something and it just didn't happen on screen. But it's a really good yeah, point. Yeah, that's a lot to assume on screen. I mean, that you could put that in any movie that you don't like something. You'd be like, well, it could just happen off screen. <laughs> it's a pretty big cop out and like a terrible writing strategy if you just want your viewer to expect something to happen off screen. Yeah, this third act is just full of frustrating moments. And my most frustrating is actually around that same part. Um, that's where the rebellious son... Okay, so like within a 10-minute period, he's camping out in his grandparents' house, refusing to leave. He, for some reason, decides to get in the floorboards of the bus with the other kids. And somehow during that two-hour drive of his Anne Frank experience, he like completely <laughs> changes his opinion... <laughs> on his dad and it's like i love you now dad like when the whole movie i mean there were points where he literally held up a knife to his father like it didn't yeah. make that arc just happens off screen and so rushed and it's so frustrating that can i counter that else. can like, i counter please, that a little bit please yeah okay so i think he heard his dad uh open up and was vulnerable about the wife's death for the first time and kind of admitted his mistake as he was like leaving the kids at the house and i think I think really that's all that the kid wanted to hear that his from his dad that his dad wasn't perfect. It's mm, a really good but point. But isn't that also assuming that the kid was around the corner of the room that this happened, this conversation happened? Like No, he was it there. Was it was never like, shown that the No, he was. There was like was, a circle it was like the circle outside when he's talking to the children. Uh, and and he's kind of there with his back turned and he starts talking about the mom and he's I thought mm, you I thought yeah. that was like inciting to the scenes Drew's talking, Pabby's talking about, but at the same time, I don't, I think you have a point. That's just like one little thing, but that was, you know, he's the rebellious son and it was kind of a weak way to bring him back to the fold. Yeah. And, and like the pendulum of the story, I feel like is swinging so perfectly towards the funeral. And then we get to the funeral on the other side, it just, it's like so boring and lost and like spacey because then like you guys mentioned, we take the time to go to the cemetery dig up the grave and they show the mom like in the casket open like with the kids like all around her and they drive yeah we see them burning her body uh sort of fulfilling what was in her last will and testament um and they sing sweet ashes flushed down the toilet (laughs) that was her (laughs) not not to forget though they sang a sweet child of mine uh that made me cringe. I really hated Ugh. that. Uh, I hated guys... that part so much. I'm glad you hated it too, Pappy. They went fucking Von Trapp family. Sound of music out of nowhere. It's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, they yeah. proved that they were a musical family, but yeah, it was like a straight up music video. The way video. it was shot was like a music video too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 
It was like, like, they were, like doing like jump cuts and like cuts to like different angles. Yeah, it was like <laughs> it was an so American cheesy. Eagle commercial or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good reference. Like some kind of <laughs> beach. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it had Ugh. been set up, but like I was listening to an interview with uh, Matt Ross, the writer director of this. Uh, he's the guy from uh, Galvin Belson. Yeah, <laughs> Gavin Belson, Silicon Valley, <laughs> believe it or not. But yeah, he was saying that they had always intended for it to be Prince songs. Or that the family was going to be like singing and doing Prince songs throughout the whole movie, but they couldn't get the rights, so they just kind well, of well, they like, should have seen that coming. Landed <laughs> on out of mine. Yeah, but then yeah, like Vince mentioned, they flushed the ashes down the toilet. Blah 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 blah. Like a gas station too. It wasn't even like a nice toilet. I actually like that thing. scene because they kind of they had that moment of levity where they kind of started laughing and at how ridiculous it was, and I thought that was kind of cool. Kind of yeah, probably what the it mom was wanted. Actually, a decent scene. It was actually a de- yeah. Yeah, and then the son flies off to. I didn't write down the country, but he flies off to some <sighs> some was random. Like Nigeria. Place. It sounded like not a real country. Could have been. That's probably real. That's Neo. That's real. Anything else from the third act, guys? Or uh, other than it was just disappointing, as you've said. Yeah, I was just kind of cool. say it's really where the movie teeters off and just loses its way. Yeah, because it it was set up so well with the like. I had a lot of hopes with the start of the film, and I think as it went, it got worse, which is unfortunate. What do you guys think about, and I don't mean to steal your thunder at all here as host Pappy, but like... Steal. Steal away, dude. The idea that like, this is kind of a commentary on, you know, gluten-free, chemical-free, like people that are really into that taken to the far, far extreme. Oh, definitely. I think that this movie, I mean, like we said, the, the final scene... The final shot of the movie, rather, is the family eating dinner at a conventional dinner table. And it hangs there for like four or five seconds, which if you think about it, is a long time. And no one's talking. No one's really moving. And it sort of shows that they've come back to the center a little bit. I think it's a full 20, 20 25 seconds. It's, it's long. It's long. Yeah. yeah. And it's it really, it's like... Well, it was like breakfast. I think you said dinner. It was breakfast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Breakfast. They're getting ready to go yeah. to school. Yeah. But definitely like, the point of the movie is sort of Vigo's arc while dealing with grief i think and him kind of he does seem to have like things under control at the beginning but then like this tragedy definitely moves things out of control really fast and when they start going they go really quick yeah so one other thing i wanted to talk about too and i posted this in the thread today but we don't have a guest or anything or a call in or an interview so i wanted to talk about your favorite movie funerals i don't know if you guys have any any ones that stand out for you what kind of a guest would we have to talk about funerals, Pappy? Uh, I tried to get the mortician uh, a couple <laughs> blocks away, but you've he known was a busy lot of people that have died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell me about embalming. I'm curious. Would she have smelled <laughs> after being in the ground? <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, any favorite movie funerals? Mine. Uh, just to kick things off, the Big Lebowski with uh, the ashes. I think that might be one of the funniest funerals of all time. Goodbye, sweet prince. <laughs> I like uh, Old School with Blue and then Will Ferrell singing. I think that's kind of cool. It, when you ask this question, and I'm sorry, I didn't do any research. <laughs> I didn't really have any I don't time, expect you to, It was too a bad. tough question because I, I was trying to think of it, and I couldn't think of uh, very many, but I'm sure a lot of movies use the funeral. Well, this turned out to be a great segment. Stevie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Off the top of my, my head. head uh, the outlandish movie, uh, Mouse Hunt. Where Nathan Lane and his brother are carrying his father out outside the church in the casket, and they let go of him in the rain. He goes down into a sewer. That's one of my Pretty favorites. One. Josh, you got nice. one? Yeah, uh, Big Lebowski is on my short list for sure. It's hilarious. I really like in um, Return of the Jedi when they burn um, Darth Vader. Nice. That's a good call. And, mm, and then nice. I, this one's kind of out of left field, but. Uh, the Broken Lizard movie Beer Fest, when, <laughs> when I think his name is like Land- oh, I love Landfill movie. dies, and yeah, then his, his brother comes the, back. <laughs> the funeral scene, like the eulogy, is like kind of funny. But what's really funny is like at the funeral, his twin brother, who's not, who's brand new to the movie, just shows up <laughs> and replaces his character. <laughs> it's so amazing. That was so amazing. So I By think the that way, counts. That counts as a funeral scene. I think. Is Super Troopers 2 
still a thing? I know there's like a GoFundMe and they were like funding. I funded it, so it better be. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, I think it's in production. Yeah, I I yeah, I'll buy that movie ticket. Heck yeah. Um, then also Zoolander. I think that's a pretty famous, I guess semi-famous since Zoolander two really killed that franchise. But <laughs> he's like wearing, yeah. he's like wearing he's all white, and everyone else is wearing black. <laughs> <laughs> and he says something like. They're my brothers, but like in the way black people use it. <laughs> I find it more meaningful. Because it means more. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great quote. That's a great quote. Oh, man. Yeah, so I guess uh, bringing it back to Captain Fantastic, does anybody have any final thoughts or before we do our yes or no's? I had w- one note that Matt Ross, and this is kind of to Josh's point earlier, uh, grew up on a hippie commune. So this maybe could have wow. been kind of an answer to the people who he was around all the time. Oh, interesting. So yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say though, if Vigo Mort- Mortensen kind of plays like a Christ-like character, no, oh, boy. Oh, totally man. joking, Edit just joking. Out. No, just Josh joking. making about Jeebus again. Becoming. No, but he <laughs> what I was number actually nine, say Vigo. is he looks a lot like Kurt Russell from The Thing in this movie, I thought. Mm. Which yeah, is kind, kind of, of a Jesus look, but... No! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into our yes or no's. Uh, Stevie, you want to go first? Gosh darn it, Josh. All right. Um, I'll give this a yes. Um, I don't think it has an extremely high watch rewatchability uh, rate to it just because the final act is so bad. But I think the first 70 minutes of it or so are definitely worth a watch. It's kind of tears at the end. Uh, strong acting, amazing cinematography, uh, decent soundtrack. So, um, yeah, yes for me. All right. Uh, Josh. I think this is a good movie. Um, it has its flaws, which we pointed out. But it, it takes you on a wild ride. And I think you really do care about the characters. And they're so quirky. That and Christ-like. No, I was gonna drop it. I was gonna drop it. <laughs> no, but like they're so quirky and like uh, memorable that I do think I'll remember this movie for a long time. But yeah, like I said, there are there are some problems. So I'll give this a Vigo Morganson flaccid dick. Yes, Vigo Morganson. Vince, what about you? Wait, how did I say it? it sounds like Norm. It sounds like Norm. Chom- Aragorn, okay, Aragorn, the King of Men. The son of the king. Right. <laughs> I, I, I like that more. Um, yeah, so... No. Uh, but the, the, if you'd asked me the night that I watched this, I probably would have gave it a yes. But I think over time, what's really nagged at me is the whole kidnapping his kids with no consequences. <laughs> I think there should have been... Well, there, I, it, for, for it to be yeah. a two-hour movie where they did a decent amount of, like, decent writing where there's conflict resolution arcs and valleys I, I think for them for him to steal his kids and then not have any kind of consequence whatsoever like they just brushed over that i that that eats at me i, I think that's a huge plot point and i couldn't can't give it a yes for that uh and then i think the second point um which would be what stevie kind of brought up is rewatchability i don't think i would ever watch not this high movie again not not high not a yeah. high one um you wouldn't but, watch it high but, 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 but with all well, I did watch it high oh. on marijuana. But um, <laughs> yeah, to call that up. To bring it back, I mean like I really enjoyed watching this film. Uh, but it's a no because I wouldn't watch it again and there's some parts that bug me. Hey Vince, since I think you're gonna insert an IMDB note for Twelve Angry Men last week, a goof I oh, think yeah. you found. <laughs> Maybe you can uh, insert this plot hole because I don't see it for Captain Fantastic on IMDB, so uh, you can start to become IMDb famous, I think. Uh, I'm gonna start a the intern and then just start building up some karma. I'll do it. All right, let me know so I can up. vote up your. I want to vote up your post, so let me know. I don't even know if it works like that, but if it does, I'm definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, remind me because I'll put goofs in. That sounds like a fun thing to do. We should start a uh, podcast spoilers actually account on there, and then just start goof putting goofs that we find. That's a good idea. Look at that, right on air. If you see uh, us cool. post, upboat us. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you can, but if you can. Oh, you can. We'll make it so. But yeah, this is a, this is a yes for me. Uh, I don't think we've mentioned somehow that uh, Viggo Mortensen got an Oscar nomination. I think he definitely deserved it. I think if you're watching yeah. it from that perspective, it's, it's worth it. The way that 
he can make you feel differently about his character at different points in the movie is pretty pretty outstanding. Uh, I said that the kids were a little generic, but I thought they were actually well cast as well. And if for nothing else, uh, the rebellious kid is going to be an it. So uh, I think it's a yes. I think you should see it. Good point on the rewatchability factor. It's pretty heavy movie, uh, but we're seeing. So that was three yeses, one no. Yeah. What would we call that? Correct. Like melted ice cream, maybe? Ooh, um, I like that. No. I like that. It's more like a Vigo Mortensen. Maybe some melted ice cream over like a... Flaccid. <laughs> no. Dude. <laughs> Come on. Was this, was this naked figure right there standing in the doorway kind of like a... Never mind. I'm not going okay. there. Okay. Anyway, it's a penis. It's a trivia. That, that you know, scene, All of my neighbors are going to yell, it's just a penis. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... Now's the part of the show where I like to play a little trivia game. Uh, like I said, if this is your first episode of Spoilers, uh, whoever wins the trivia gets to pick the next movie that we spoil and is a host. Um, and those are our major review episodes that come out on Thursday. But I got to try and redeem myself after the Alien podcast where that trivia just ended up being a shit show. So <laughs> this trivia is called Sort the Shit Out. And it's the exact same game that we played on Alien. So I have... Oh. A list of seven movies, but we're going to put them in order of lowest IMDb score to highest IMDb score. So for your convenience, I'll post these in the thread. And this is all actually uh, in honor of our 16th movie we've done from the year 2016. So all of these movies came out in the year 2016. Those are all good movies. And they're movies that we spoiled. So those movies are, for the listeners at home, Sing Street. Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Deadpool, Doctor Strange, The Lobster, Arrival, Midnight Special. So Sing oh, Street. Okay, you, read, you read, hold on, for Doctor Strange was my movie. Oh, Doctor Strange. the entire title of Rogue One, but not the entire title of Doctor Strange. I'm a little offended. Not Doctor Strange, love. Doc, just regular Doctor Strange. Strange. The Marvel movie. Oh. My apologies. Then uh, Vince Air laps in uh, judgment there. <laughs> so well, yeah, one more time. Sing Street, Rogue One, Deadpool, Doctor Strange, The Lobster, Arrival, Midnight Special. Uh, looks like... Wait, hold on. Pappy, can you explain the game? Because yeah. I was not on the Aliens episode. I, I've heard that episode, but I forget what the game was. Yeah, so we'll go one at a time um, and you'll try to put them in order. So you're going to guess what has the lowest uh, Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter, meter score? Tomato meter? <laughs> tomato <laughs> okay. meter score. I've never heard of that. I'm just going to cut you off, though, if you get it wrong. So, like, for example, if you say the one that's not the lowest, we'll go next person. So okay. keep the game moving okay. that way. Uh, pay attention that's to what other people's game. pick because uh, you can build off them. So okay. we'll start with Stevie, Josh, and then Vince. The, uh, no, no, sorry. Vince, Josh, then Stevie. We'll give Stevie the advantage. Yeah, I thought that would probably people. be the order. So... What I just say one that I think is the lowest, or I try to name them all and start with the lowest. We'll just go. We'll go one at a time. So just start with the one you think is the lowest out of those. Midnight special or Sing Street, Rogue One, Deadpool, Doctor Strange, The Lobster, Arrival, and Midnight Special. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough. Um, I think like Sing Street and Lobster, they're probably gonna have higher scores because uh, indie, like smaller films, usually do. Um, Arrival, because that's my least favorite out of that list. I knew you would say that, and wrong. <laughs> oh, you set me up, you bastard. Josh. <laughs> I'm going to say Doge 1. Incorrect. Stevie? Midnight Special. Correct. Midnight Special has a score of 83. Uh, what's the Stevie second Wayne. lowest on that list? Second lowest on that list. Wait, 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 wait. I don't understand this game. Why doesn't Stevie win right now? Because he's got to get them all right. Yeah. We're unlocking so it. So if, if he doesn't get them right, then I get another chance. Yeah. You, okay. You'll get I another chance knowing that he's okay. given you the first one. So. Gotcha. I thought it was like, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So Steve, um, second. Doctor Strange. Incorrect. Uh, Josh, Midnight Special is the lowest. What's the second one? No, 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 no. <laughs> Vince is up. Oh, Vince. Sorry, Vince. Okay. Uh, Midnight Special and then Doge 1. Incorrect, Josh. I'm going to say Midnight Special... And then the lobster. Ooh, no. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, midnight special, then Deadpool. There we go. Stevie's got two. Really? Deadpool, then I'll say um, the lobster. 
Incorrect. <sighs> uh, back to Vince. All right, Midnight Special, Deadpool, Doctor Strange. No, sorry, uh, Josh. Midnight Special, Deadpool, Doge One. Correct. Um, Midnight Special, Deadpool, Doge One, The Lobster. Correct, and he gave him an order, too. It was impressive. <laughs> Midnight Special, Deadpool, Rogue One, The Lobster, Doctor Strange. He's correct, and now there's only two movies left, Arrival and Sing Street. Uh, Jeff- I can't win. Well, Damn. no, if he misses this, well, I guess, yeah, you're right, you can't win. Can't <laughs> Midnight win. Special, yeah. Deadpool, Rogue One, The Lobster, Doctor Strange, Sing Street. <laughs> Incorrect! Oh, oh. No. Wide open goal for Stevie, just put it in. <laughs> okay. So, we got... See if you remember. I hope you don't have it right. I hope you don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pressure's oh, Jesus on. Jesus Christ. So, we got Midnight Special, <laughs> yes. Deadpool, Rogue <laughs> yes. One, The Lobster, Doctor Strange. And that one wasn't Sing Street, so is it Arrival? Yep. <laughs> there you go. Nice. And then uh, Sang Street. Boom! Stevie Putman is your winner. Uh, just to give you those again with the actual score. All of these are certified fresh. Again, they all came out in 2016. Midnight Special 83, Deadpool 84, Doge 1 85, uh, The Lobster is at 89, so all bunched in right there. Doctor Strange at a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was surprised. We gave it no. That's incredible. I don't believe that. Yeah. Arrival at 94, and Sing Street, the number one movie on this list at 96. So, wow. good job, Stevie. Uh, we'll let him think about what movie he's going to host next week, uh, or pick next week. Uh, Vince, you want to give us some plugs? Oh, I'll give you some plugs. All right. You can uh, tweet us at, at spoilers underscore pod. You can email us at Gmail. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, it is on Gmail, and it's podcast spoilers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our website is podcastspoilers.com, where you can listen to our episodes there. Um, Stuff there as well. Hotline bling. Uh, what else do we got? Hotline bling. Oh, you got a hotline bling too. So you can us out. 903 spoil 07. Spoil. Uh, I forget what those numbers are, and it was funny because I used to know the numbers, uh, <laughs> but now I don't. But it's 903 spoil 07, uh, which you can call directly from the website again as well. Uh, what else? I feel Instagram like is lit. Instagram. Instagram. Instagram's lit. Instagram. Instagram. You got podcast spoilers <laughs> on Instagram as well. Um, and then soon you'll see us on uh, IMDb uh, calling out all these phonies. Upvote us, please. Upvote. Upvote us if there's such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we need upvotes. Did I hit them all? Yeah, you said Josh Hensley, right? Playing the song yeah, right did. now. You just said it again. So. The well bang. done. All right, Stevie, what's it going to be? Well, Paps once said this, that we haven't really done many sports movies, if at all. I did say Uh-oh. that. And Uh-oh. it is horse racing season. Horse racing season. Uh-oh. And you can't talk about greatest sports movies ever made without putting Seabiscuit in the list. So we are doing Seabiscuit. Right. Woo! Sweet. Power to the people. And you can't talk about greatest sports movies ever made without putting Seabiscuit in the list.